0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, we're going to jump right into this word this morning. I'm excited about what Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. And as I share it with you today, uh, comes out of Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Father, I just ask once again for fresh anointing on your word today. Thank you. Uh, for life, thank you for the promises of God that are yes and amen. Thank you, Father, for uh, the ability by the Holy Spirit to stir us today in our faith. Those who need a touch from you today, I pray this morning, fathers, that come in this place expecting you today to touch their life, that they're going to not be disappointed, Lord. They're going to experience the fullness of the hand of God today on their life. I pray for those who are lost, Father, who need Jesus today in their life. Watching online, those that are in this. Room this morning. You brought them here for such a time as this. You love them, you care for them, your heart is after them. You're chasing them because you love them. Father, for those that are discouraged today, those that are hurting today, those that are that, that that have been just depressed because of everything that's going on in the world. I pray that today they have a marked touch on their life, Father, that will enable them to go forth in victory from this day on. Lord, we just declare your kingdom be mighty today and your anointing to be rich upon this word. We come with an ear to hear and eye to see today. Speak to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Once again, say amen if you agree with that. Romans 8, verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he not also with him graciously give us how many things? Give us all things. while ago, before service, uh, Oscar was uh, telling me he was struggling with uh, my title this morning because it doesn't translate in Spanish. And I said, well, you need to help the Spanish uh, to get this uh, right. And and I said, it's right out of the Scripture. He said, yeah, but you can't break it apart. And I said, well, I'm breaking it apart. Do your best. And uh, so as Holy Spirit started speaking to me a couple of weeks ago out of this Scripture I was actually on my way to uh, treatment and testing up in Little Rock. And I was meditating um, on the plane, this word, Romans chapter 8, verse 31, 32. when, When in the midst of this, I found myself pausing over those four words, how will he not? And that thing just began to kind of stir inside of me, not for anybody else, but for me. And I'm looking at this passage of Scripture, and it says, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us everything we have need of? Everything that we have need of. All things the Lord wants to provide For you and I. The problem is not God or His Word or the Holy Spirit. What the problem is, is that we have filled our minds with too much of what Stupid Vision is telling us, and CNN is telling us, and Fox News is telling us, and what what our friends are telling us, instead of coming to that place where we are solidly convinced how will He not? I've been speaking that over my own life, over my own physical need. How will he not, when he has already promised that he would? Amen? Amen. How will he not, if he's already told me, if he's already told you in your circumstance and in your situation that he has an answer for you and his promises are yes and amen, then in the natural, everything that's coming against you, you have to determine Is God's Word faithful, or do I believe a lie? Is God's Word faithful? Now hear me, this is is, is discipleship 101 in the place of determining in your heart, is God's Word faithful? Is His Word faithful? In the middle of my circumstance, in the middle, I've been sharing recently with a few folks that have asked me my thoughts on what's going on in the world and the war and COVID and all this other stuff. And I found myself coming back to the place where I've had to say, look, first of all, you have to make sure that, that when you're looking at these things, you're not looking from just the eye of an American Christian. Now, we are Americans, and most of us in here are Christians today, and our faith is in the Lord, but oftentimes, we we look at things through the scope of Americanism versus God is God of the whole world. He's God of Ukraine, God of Russia. There are amazing believers that are our Russian brothers and sisters. That love God and hate what's going on. There are amazing believers that are in the Ukraine. Right in the middle of the battle. That love God. And if they base their Christianity on what's going on right now against them. They would think God does not answer prayers. God failed. But God hasn't failed. We live in a cursed world that is yet to be redeemed. Redemption, the blood of Jesus, salvation, is for all God's children. But the reality that we live in a world that has been marked by Adam and Eve grabbing hold of a piece of fruit— And saying, did God really say? And he really did say. And because he really did say, we're living the fruit of a fallen world. Cancer is not of God. Leukemia is not of God. Heart disease, not of God. Every kind of sickness and disease, not of God. So every time that your body or your family or somebody you love comes under attack of one of those things, it's not of God. And we have to determine, find out, we're going to go back to the foundation of God's Word. What He said, Jesus declared that by the stripes He bore, we're already healed. Can I say that again? We're already healed. Say amen if, you, if you're trying to have the faith to believe that. You say, yeah, but Pastor, my body's going through this. Yes, so is mine. But according to the promise of God's Word is I'm already healed. Just like I'm on my way to heaven. I haven't seen Jesus yet. I haven't seen the Father in the fullness of the revelation of, uh, of the reality of Him here. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And thank God for the assurance that I'm saved. And it's not based on how I feel right now. It's not based on what's going on in the world right now. It's based on Jesus dying on the cross and his blood being shed for me. And by faith, I ask God to forgive me of all of my wickedness and all of my sins. And at that moment, I'm saved. But I'm walking out my salvation. Sometimes walking it out's not so easy, is it? I said sometimes walking it out's not that easy, is it? It's not. Why? Because we're we live in a fallen world. So, Dodie Osteen and I said this last week. Dodie Osteen, uh, I re- read in one of her articles she she had made a statement. She said God can do everything, but fail. Man, that just stirred some excitement inside of me. God God can't fail. God won't fail. It's impossible for God to fail. So so sometimes I have to remind myself that I belong to God and not to the devil. I'm his child and not a child of of demons. But how many of you have failed since you got saved? At least once. Oh, the rest of you, I'm going to have an altar call in just a second. (laughs) We've been through the battle. Sometimes we fail. Boy, then we just come by the presence of Holy Spirit under that sweet conviction, and we say, Lord, that is not who I want to be. I really messed up. Forgive me. And just like that, you're forgiven. Cleansed, healed, taken. God throws it as far as the east is from the west. And you walk in that freedom of the power of the victory of how will he not? do and accomplish His Word. I love it when you settle in your heart that God's Word is faithful no matter what. Two weeks ago, I'm in Little Rock. One of my spiritual sons accompanied me there. Suzanne couldn't go. She was with her sister. And uh, Philip Ferrar wave Philip over there, he loves it when I just bring attention to him. But Philip uh, uh, bought his own air, airplane ticket and flew up and just served me and and uh, sat from lobby to lobby. Anyhow, at the end of our day, the first day at the hospital, he had sat in about four different lobbies. I had been through all these tests, and, and uh, I—, I uh, finished everything up. The next day, uh, we went in for just one appointment with my doctor, and Philip sitting out in the lobby, and I'd left him. He was over in the corner minding him his own business, which he does really well. And uh, But when I came out, he's over in the middle of the whole lobby. and I'm like, that's not like Philip. What got into him? But so, somehow, he gathered all his stuff up and went over, and it was getting late in the day. And uh, when I came out, There were two precious little ladies sitting right around from the door. I walked out, and as soon as I walked out, they're waving at me like this, like they know me. And I'm like, and there's no sign of Philip. And, and so I wave at him and bless them and tell him, you know, have a great day. And and uh, I'm walking towards uh, the door around the corner looking for Philip. And he comes around the corner from the bathroom. And, and he says, oh, I met these ladies. I'm like, you did what? <laughs> I, he said, I met these ladies. you got to come meet them. And so uh, he walks me over to them. And, and we start chatting. And, and uh, they're just blessing me and speaking word and faith over me. And they were from Louisiana. So uh, that was kind of how Philip and them got onto it. And then my wife being a Louisiana girl. And and so we just chatted up a little bit and and they're speaking blessing over me. And so I'm speaking blessing back over them. And we got to leave and Philip says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this, what happened. I said, well, tell me what happened. So he said, uh, he said, I was sitting over there and I saw these ladies and I felt compelled to go just ask them if I could pray for them. So he gets over, goes over, they start chit-chatting, find out they're all from Louisiana. So they got their Cajun thing going on, you know. And finally, uh, one of the sisters was sitting in a wheelchair and the other sister was kind of sitting right behind her like this. And uh, Philip says to the lady sitting in the wheelchair, he says, "Can, um, can I pray for you? And She, instead of saying yes, she turns and looks at her sister. And then she looks back, and they go into a story of telling Philip, Well, now, before you pray for us, for me, we need you to know that we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he's my healer, and I'm already healed. And so, if you're going to lay hands on me now, we just got to make sure that you're saying the right thing, and you're just making declarations. All of a sudden, Philip finds himself feeling like, oh my gosh, do I even know, you know, what, what do I do in this situation? And, and uh, because they had a made-up mind that how will he not do what he promised? And so even though she's sitting there fighting some form of multiple myeloma, her declaration is the same as mine. I don't want anybody laying hands on me that doesn't know how to agree and declare God's Word. I don't need anybody laying hands on me wanting to beg God if it be your will. First of all, if you were saved and knew the Word of God, you know it's His will. You would know it is His will to heal. Just like it is his will to save your sorry rascal self. (laughs) And it's no more difficult for God to heal than it is for him to save. So when God speaks his word through his son, and Jesus went to the cross, and before he got there and hung for you and I, he was beaten to the inch of his life. Skin ripped off of his body. Why? It says, so that you and I could be healed. So there's no disease, no heart disease, no cancer, no anything that is too difficult for God, except our lack of ability to have faith. Because, well, I prayed once and it didn't happen. I don't walk out my salvation once. I walk out my salvation every day like this. Get up, read the Word, pray, meditate, worship, hang out at church because the Word says I need to, I got to, I have to. It's impossible to to walk this thing out uh, individually by myself. It's impossible for me to isolate myself and think I'm okay. I need, I need y'all. But guess what? Y'all need me. And we need one another. There's something that happens when brothers and sisters spiritually hug one another, embrace one another, kiss one another on the cheek with a righteous kiss. Something transpires. Faith rises up. Amen. And I love the fact that these little ladies, as much as they probably appreciated this, you know, young, young man asking if he could pray for them, they, they were like, you can only lay hands on me. You can't lay hands on me if you ain't got no faith. If your belief system ain't right, don't be laying no hands on my sister. That that stirred something in me. I was like, go girls. Come on. Go girls. How will he not do what the Lord said he would do? John chapter 4, very familiar passage here, very familiar story. I'm going to read just a little bit of it. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. It says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus is sitting up at the well. She comes up, and Jesus speaks to her and he says, Give me a drink. I love how in the. In the chosen uh, series that Jesus actually apologizes and said maybe I should have said please well that's not in Scripture but 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 it is good southern way to be raised you know you don't just don't say give me something you say would you give me a drink of water please but Jesus speaks to her and says give me a drink The disciples had gone away. They went off to buy food. And so the Samaritan woman looks at him and says to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with us Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, you need to underline that in your Bible, underline that in your mind, underline that in the process of meditating on Scripture. If you knew the gift of God. What Jesus was saying, if you you know me, if you come to know me, wow, your life is going to be altered forever. How many of your life changed when you came to know Jesus? Religion won't do it, will it? No, no. Just going to church and doing religious things is not going to do it. John 17, Jesus said in that last recorded prayer, he said, Father— that they may know you. See, the only way you can know Jesus is through a surrendered heart that says, Lord, thank you for being willing to die on the cross for me. I need a Savior. Can't save myself. I invite you to be my Savior. Jesus comes into your heart, changes your life radically. All of a sudden, things begin to change in your life. You don't have to have somebody to tell you stop fornicating. Stop being a drunkard. Stop stealing. All of a sudden, it's not about the outward. It's not about, you you know, so oftentimes religion brings you to the place where you come in and somebody wants you to change all the things about you and get things right so that you can be right with the Father. And Jesus is going, no, you can't do that. None of you have the power to get it all right. So we receive him and all of a sudden— our life changes. Wednesday night, family night, we had an awesome time here. Thank you for all of you that were able to be here. For those that you weren't, you really missed a wonderful night celebrating 16 souls being baptized. 16 of them. Pastor Hector and I had the privilege of baptizing eight Peace, and he baptized his son, and I baptized two of my grandchildren. And as a father and a grandfather, wow, is there any greater joy? And, and as I as I baptized little Jordan and then baptized um, Ari, I, I was thinking about the fruit of what's happening right now in their life, and believing that by faith, everything that God's going to do in their life, they will look back and they'll realize there was a time when they, with their mommy and daddy, asked Jesus to be Lord of their life. And secondly, baptized in obedience not ashamed. All the camera looking down, all the people in the house celebrating and rejoicing. That day when I said to the whole world, I love Jesus. Every one of them said, I love Jesus, before we baptized him. What a wonderful thing. Jesus said to the woman, if you knew who it was that was asking you for water, you would ask me and I would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, if you, you have nothing to draw water with in the well is so deep, where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water is gonna be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up from within. That's why we need to gather. That's why we need to come to church on time on Sunday morning, not to miss worship. Oh my gosh, worship prepares you for everything else God's going to do. Worship is you uh, saying, I'm not ashamed right here in front of the world to outwardly lift up my hands and honor the Lord my God. He is my Savior, my Redeemer, my Healer. He's my all in all. I love Him and there's nobody like Him. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Man, st- if, if you're coming to church late, hear me, stop coming late. You're missing out on an opportunity to prepare yourself for heaven. You don't like singing and worship. You might not want to go to heaven. I think we might be spending the first thousand years or so just worshiping Almighty God. Man, I, I Suzanne's in here every Sunday morning as the worship team's practicing the the. the The house lights are off, it's dark out here, and my wife is out here walking up and down the aisles, worshiping and praying. Because there's something that she and I both learned, that you get in worship that you don't get anywhere else. And man, when I got a team like these guys up here behind me, and I'm out here, I came out this morning and just sat over there and just worshiped God during worship practice. You know why because they might have been practicing to make sure they came in and went out and did everything right but I'm out there just worshiping they might be practicing but I'm worshiping why because I know what it's going to do for me I'm going to have springs of living water coming up how will he not do everything that he promised Jesus Talking to this woman, he pushed back past the counterfeit, offering the greatest truth mankind has ever known. That, that experience in John 4 was the beginning of evangelism as we know it today. Because her life was so marked, she dropped her water pots and she starts running back to Samaria. Why? Because she wants to tell everybody that she met the Messiah. Something took place in her life. He talked about rhetorical questions and how they are best answered with another question. And when the questions are, when your questions are, will God heal my body? Or will God affect my situation? Or will God save my family? The response is, how will he not? How will he not? Thank you, Suzanne, because i got goosebumps right now. How will he not? I have an expectation this morning. God is in this place, and he's going to heal some folks today in this place. He's going to touch some lives. Some of you are hurting. Some of you have had such an attack on your mind, your, your mental. You, 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 you've, been, you've been severely attacked, just like some have been in their body. You've been attacked in your mind, and today God wants to set you free. How will He not? His promise is if you'll just come in faith and ask, I'll show up mightily and touch your life. And if you're wondering, will God do the same for me that He's done for others? How will He not? God's no respecter of persons. I, 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 I gave you that quote from Dodie Osteen because I love the story of Dodie Osteen when she was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer and told to go home and say goodbye to her kids and get ready to die. And she, being the wife of a Baptist pastor, went home and found out, how will God not do what he said he would do? How will he not do it? And she began to speak it and declare it and and she began to walk in faith. It was hard. Hear me. It's not an easy thing to walk in faith. It's not an easy thing when your body's hurting, when your body's bleeding, when your body's going through something. It's not an easy thing to stand up and say, but I still believe. And I'm gonna put my faith and my confidence in the Lord Jesus. And that was some 40 plus years ago. Dodie Osteen is still walking strong, living in victory. Stage four liver cancer, no chance to live. How will God not do? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Listen listen to this, and I'm gonna close. And I'm gonna ask you today, please don't leave the auditorium unless you absolutely have to. We're gonna take some time this morning to minister, to pray over folks. We're reinstituting prayer ministry up front this morning across this stage and in a few moments there are gonna be those that we've invited to come today there are others of you that we will invite but today we have a group of amazing people are gonna stand here up against the stage and I'm gonna obey Holy Spirit today because he said I want you to anoint with oil and those that were here last week you heard me say this on Wednesday night I, I I said Lord I'm still in the middle of my battle. Wouldn't it be better if if I got somebody else? And and he said, this is not about you. It's not about you. It's not about a battle you're walking through. This is about you being obedient. And as the anointed of God in this house, as the man that I've set and established as a spiritual father of this house, you're going to anoint with oil and lay hands on agreement. And then all of these prayer partners are going to just begin to minister and encourage. So in a few moments, if you're sick in your body, You're sick in your mind, you're sick in your emotions, you've been under attack. You don't have to leave today. How will he not today touch you if you come in faith? Your life marked with the fullness of the presence of the living God. But you gotta have faith you got to imagine, a, a year or so ago I preached a message on imagination, actually a series of mes- messages. And you got to imagine with your faith today, you got to imagine being touched by Jesus. When I lay hands on you, imagine it's the hands of Christ. His Word has declared that by the stripes I bore, your body is already healed. Your body's got to line up now with the Word. Got to line up with the supernatural. and God sometimes heals just like that, supernaturally, bam, it's done. You lay hands, you agree, bam, it's done. Some get prayed for and they walk out their healing. Some, it's a process. We're not going to limit God. Some of you are going to doctors. I go to doctors. I got meds in my body right now that affect me. Every day I have to fight the good fight of faith. Because every morning I'm taking a chemo pill, two of them, and every night I'm taking one. And you say, well, Pastor, how can you have faith then to believe because I'm not limiting God. Man, we, we have amazing doctors that God has given them wisdom beyond natural wisdom, research in labs. And you keep Big Pharma and all of their mess out of it and just get back to those who are laying down their life because they want to see sick people get well. People that are in research labs every single day, eight, ten hours a day working, trying to create a drug that'll bring healing to this cancer patient or this child who's going through leukemia or something. The goodness of God. Don't limit God. Just hear and obey whatever the word of the Lord is to you. And don't put your word on anybody else. Amen? Amen. Don't put your judgment on anyone else. God. God. God heals. And how will he not do what he said he would do? Imagine yourself touched by Jesus. Imagine yourself healed. Imagine yourself free today. Imagine yourself full of the life of Christ. You see, imagination is the ability to see what isn't present. It's not there in the natural, but Jesus said it's there. So therefore, we believe. Would you stand with me to your feet this morning? I guess you would only stand on your feet, there's nothing else that would hold you up. The team's gonna come and sing a song, and as they sing, I want you to just block out everybody else around you. Close off everybody, because they're singing this song, I believe. The fullness of the words that are coming, let it stir your faith. Close your eyes, block out everything. And let Holy Spirit just prepare your heart. As we're singing and worshiping, those that are going to be praying are going to come down. And then I will come back up and invite you to come when we're ready. And everybody that doesn't come this morning, you don't need it. Put your power of agreement with those today who need a touch from God. Stretch your hands over them. Pray over them. Worship over them today. Father God, we open our hearts and our hands before you right now and we invite your presence in this place. Would you just lift your hands before the Lord and invite him? We invite Holy Spirit today, you to do what only you do well. As we worship, as we prepare our hearts, Father, that today you will be glorified and this body will experience a healing touch. We give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.